Welcome to Truth Culture Life. This is a special episode. Um, this is the first episode that I've recorded since the new year. <clears throat> it is Saturday, January 6th. I am recording this at 6 a.m. in the morning. However, you will not hear it until 6 p.m. this evening, Saturday, via Catholic Spirit Radio. And you'll hear it again 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. tomorrow on Sunday. So I'm dating and aging the show a bit here if you're listening to this months in advance. Um, yeah, this is the first episode since the new year. Now, I have all these grandiose plans for what I would like to do with Truth Culture Life. And honestly, I've got some other show concepts in the works. One's called Mystics and Mysteries of the Church. I've got the Incorruptible series, which I think is one I'll probably stick with next. And then, um, I don't know, I love... I love some humor as well, so I'd love to come up with something that has a humor element to it. Truth Culture Life probably has some of that, or at least it has in the past, and we had Sierra and Father with us every week. So Sierra, for those of you that have been listening for the last year, has taken a really exciting position ahead of the 2024 uh, elections, and so she is not going to be able to join us for the next year or so. Um, she may drop in occasionally. But she's doing some amazing things, and if all things go well, um, you'll probably you'll probably see her in the headlines. I can't say exactly who she's working for or exactly what she's doing at this moment, but just stay tuned. Sarah Hyde Camp is doing some amazing things. So we wish her lots of luck and excited to uh, get her back when we can. Now, Father Orsi, for his part, has been very busy over the holidays, as you can probably imagine. Priests are always busy. I was on the phone with Father yesterday. We were brainstorming this show a little bit, trying to figure out what exactly are we going to do with Truth Culture Life. For me, for my part, I don't, I don't really want to just have a weekly show that's your standard run-of-the-mill show. I certainly don't want to just be the guy on the microphone talking every week and that's it. I feel like we need a lot more. And so that is something that we are brainstorming and I'm whiteboarding. I'm trying to figure out what, what can we do to make this program really set apart from the other programs that exist out there in radio world. Now, we're very blessed that Catholic Spirit Radio has extended um, the platform, their, their station for this program. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be able to, to be here with you every week. Um, but what can we do to make it better? How can we grow? How can we really launch this program in a manner that impacts souls, inspires people, spreads goodness, um, and that people actually just generally want to listen to? <laughs> it's a tall order, I suppose. So what I'm asking for is you. What do you think? You're out there listening driving in your car, sitting at your home, listening maybe on your, your uh, smartphone via the Catholic Spirit Radio app, which is awesome, by the way. If you haven't downloaded it, go to catholicspiritradio.com and be sure to download it. What do you think would set this show apart from other programs? Now, I don't know if anybody listening has ever heard. Um, I'm not a huge podcast guy, which is funny because I have a podcast, right? I, I don't spend a lot of time listening to other programs. I just don't have a lot of time. I've got six kids at home. I've got um, work and family responsibilities. 
But the one podcast, and I've listened to a few this last year, just with all my driving that I've done for the Incorruptible film. And one of the podcasts that I've spoken about a few times on this program that I think is really, really interesting is The Exorcist Files. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, The Exorcist Files is hosted by um, Father Carlos Martins. And he is a priest out of, I want to say it's, is it Detroit? It may be Detroit. And he's the exorcist for the diocese there. Um, he has uh, created this amazing series with Ryan Bethesda. I'm going to get the Ryan's name wrong. Ryan is the host and I think really the producer and probably the sort of the brains behind organizing this program and they've managed to land you know massive syndication uh through iHeartRadio which is huge so they get pushed out the exorcist files the reason why i like it so much is that they they describe it as a 3D podcast now, what does that mean how could something be 3D it's a podcast a podcast by virtue is just audible it's something you hear it's not visual Yet they've they've incorporated the the way they've really made the Exorcist files so different is that when you listen to it, especially during some of the reenactments, which can get a little bit scary sounding, you're you feel like you're in the room, and they pan the sound to the left, they pan the sound to the right. There's sound effects, there's uh, background noise, there's music. And it, it's very immersive, and it, especially if you're listening in your car with speakers surrounding you or if you've got a headset on, you really get the full sense of it versus just listening, say, from a mono speaker. You're, you're, you're generally you're going to hear the quality is, I think, just really fantastic. The other thing I like about it is it's a mixture of drama, a mixture of adventure and action, um, there is a mystical side to it, but then you've got this theological perspective as well. Both that's very Catholic from Father Martins, who's not afraid to say, you know, to be to be just generally, you know, genuinely Catholic. And then you've got Ryan, who is not Catholic, who's the other host, who I think, you know, to be fair, does a really good job of being um, being objective. And he's sort of like when, when we talk about exorcisms or possession, he'll go into the history and actually, you know, go back and say, well, look, you know, here's an, an ancient Mesopotamia or ancient Greece or ancient China or wherever, you know, here's the folklore or the, the mysteries that surrounded their culture with things that are similar to what we describe today as demonic possession. And it's, and it's interesting hearing a non-Catholic's um, sort of academic perspective on the history of supernatural occurrences, which go way back to, to as far back as we can trace humanity. Um, and that's that's one point that Father Martins made when I had him on this program last year. He made one point that I thought was really, really interesting, and I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting into the weeds of the show itself, and I'll get back to the production. But Father Martins said, you know, it's interesting. You know, the Catholic Church is is unique in that it's it's the church that you know was formed by virtue of christ's um or or you know giving giving peter the keys right and we can trace that lineage 
But the Catholic Church is not unique with respect to um, believing in the devil, obviously. It's the one true church. But every religion on earth, as far back as we can go, believes in the devil. And even non-religions, you know, people that are atheists sometimes acknowledge the devil, which is fascinating. Why? How can that be? It's sort of scary if you think about it. You know, it's sort of like the, I, I actually firmly believe that no matter where you are or what you think, you know in your heart that God exists. And I say that because of what we call the natural law. And this is something that if Father Orsi, and Father Orsi is not going to be here today, by the way, for our listeners, he is um, wrapping up some things early in the year. And we were discussing this yesterday. I think we'll have Father Orsi back probably, possibly later this month but for sure in Mar in uh, February and March. And we've got a lot of really cool things happening in Naples that I'll share a little bit later in the program today. So, but anyway, you know, the natural law is something father taught me at Ave Maria School of Law. And, and there's biblical reference to this, but, you know, it goes something like this, you know, the, the, the natural law is written on our hearts. It's there. You know, a baby grows up knowing instinctively one thing, and that's love. Immaculate Illabagiza, who I'm going to have on this program very soon, who's a Rwanda genocide survivor, told me once, she said, babies don't know hate. They only know love. They're taught hate by the world around them. They only know love. That's, that's just imprinted in their hearts. And that comes from God, right? And that's all of us. We know God. We, we feel God. We Even when I was not a Catholic, right? There was a period of time I was I was baptized. I was... I had my first communion, but growing up, I was not raised in a traditional Catholic family um, until later in my life. And so during my teenage years, I drifted a bit between um, non-denominational churches and a Baptist church and a Protestant church and a this and a that. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just went to, a, I went and I prayed. I didn't know much of, you know, difference, but I always had this deep relationship with God, the father. I didn't know anything about the Trinity. I really didn't know Jesus at the time either. And it was interesting, you know, that genuine sort of innocent praying at night, dear God, please, you know, help me. And I, I actually prayed that, that I wanted to help God. I don't know what God would need my help with, right? He's God. But as, as a kid, I remember laying in bed praying like, Lord, let, just God, let me help you. What can I do to help you? Give me wings and I'll fly. I remember praying, praying that once when I was a little kid. Give me wings and I will fly. I never did get wings, by the way, but which is probably a good thing because I would have been dangerous as a kid with wings. I was one of those sort of annoying, um, really super outgoing, super friendly, super hyper, very, very ADD and very distracted kids. Like if I had wings, I'd, I I don't know if I would know which direction to go. I would just probably be like a, a rat in a uh, a mouse wheel just running in circles. Anyway, I'm I'm getting off on a tangent here. And I promise this program is going to get more interesting this morning. And as time goes on, I plan on incorporating. The reason why I brought up Exorcist Files and I was talking about the production. We are going to, I really am, am looking at some things that we can incorporate. Some reenactments, some skits, some things that incorporate some of that 3D production value of the Exorcist Files. And specifically, I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here without even doing it, which is dangerous because 
you can't copyright or trademark an idea until it's published and, and actually um, created, <laughs> right? So, but so I'm just going to give you this. I, I, like, I want to do a reenactment of the saints' lives. I'm going to say that to, to my listeners at Catholic Spirit Radio. What do you think? What if we created a program, and it could be Truth Culture Life, maybe it's the Royce Hood Show, maybe it's, a, you know, Incorruptible series, and really it probably is the Incorruptible series. Um, but what if we actually do reenactments from key moments in the saints' lives? Now, to do this, I'm going to need help. I can't do it by myself. I don't have the bandwidth. I can produce it. John at the studio doesn't have anything uh, too much going on, right? He could probably come in late at night and help us. I'm teasing John if you're listening. He's a very busy guy. But we could totally produce this. And what I need is I need actors. I need some like voice actors, people that would volunteer to play the roles of different saints. We need people that would play the role of non-saints. We need our antagonists, our protagonists. We need our, our extras. We don't need a ton of people. Each episode would maybe have three or four voice actors. But I really want to do this. I want it to be fun. I want it to be historical. I want it to be inspirational. And I want it to be awesome. But I don't have the bandwidth to write the scripts at the moment and to figure it out. Now, that's going to change. I'm working on it. And if it's Royce Hood solo figuring this stuff out in between my other projects, it might take a little bit of time. And it's possible I could have the first episode of this in March, but it's going to be tight. So if you're listening and you're interested in getting involved, you can reach out to Catholic Spirit Radio and I want you to tell them, hey, we I would like to be involved. I'll, I'd like to volunteer. I need somebody to help me write. I've got... I've got a couple of books that we can use as reference guides that have great stories that we can um, we can paraphrase and pull some extract some of the you know the basic starting points from and there's you know well known stories of saints that we all know about um, and the ones I'm thinking about are like ancient you know just amazing you know what about some doctors of the church uh, there's not there's not that many it'd be easy to go through. I think about uh, St. Augustine would be so much fun to do serene enactments from his life and um, even some of the other, other saints. Uh, I mean, we just, I just recently hosted a screening of Cabrini and right. The, like, wow, some of the stories And that movie only touched on one hospital and that woman opened hundreds of hospitals uh, during her life. It's just phenomenal. Anyway, so that's the idea Again, that's probably a little bit different than Truth Culture Life. You know, Truth Culture Life has delved into politics, which is going to be increasingly important as we enter into the election year. It's It does have a mixture of pro-life um, information as well as um, cultural, you know, news and things like that and theological as well. And I've liked it. I've really enjoyed producing it. We've had a lot of great guests on the program over the last year, but I'm ready. I'm ready to create something that's got more production value and that could have a broader reach. So if you like the idea, reach out, let us know, go to catholicspiritradio.com, uh, click on contact and send, send uh, your information to the station. And, and if you'd be interested in being on like a planning committee for um, the next program that I want to work on, let us know. I'd like to hear from you. All right. So for the rest of the show today, I'm going to jump into a commercial break. 
Um, I'm going to talk about the Law of Life Summit, the March for Life, the Naples Summit, Incorruptible, and some headlines as well. So stay tuned. I'll be right This is Paul Garcia, and I host Catholic Conversations on Saturdays and Sundays at 3 p.m. My guests are mainly from the local community, and we always have something awesome to discuss. Be sure to listen to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear Open Line. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas. Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. All right. Welcome back to Truth Culture Life. I'm Royce Hood joining you from uh, Peoria, Illinois, where I'm located. And uh, let's see, Father Orsi is not here with us today. I spoke with him yesterday about the program and he's excited to come back just as soon as he he can. He is in the midst of a lot of um, different things going on right now. They've got their Action for Life television series, which is doing very, very well in South Florida I believe they've got some syndication all the way up in New York for their program now, which is great. And I'm excited uh, to be an executive producer on that program, which is a lot of fun. I've helped them get a few guests. Uh, For this show, as I was talking about in the first segment, um, I'm looking to increase the production value and add some 
add some narrative scenes. Uh, and I say scenes as if you're going to see them, but some audible scenes with reenactments and some skits. I'd actually like to do something funny too. I've always thought it would be kind of fun to do. I, I, my kids watch a lot of these like prank things on YouTube when, when they're allowed to watch YouTube, which we, my wife, Elise and I manage that very closely. But like I saw this really ridiculously funny prank the other day where um, this guy in Tampa, Florida has a YouTube channel and it's just hilarious. He's apparently this guy is making millions of dollars, by the way, cranking out these videos like every few days. And these videos went from just being silly pranks to being like million dollar productions. So for example, this is a really funny one. He hoisted there's these super tall pine trees in florida and if you've been down there i mean i i actually cl i climbed one of these when i was a kid growing up in tequesta florida and they they're perfect for climbing like they have ladders with the branches like you can you can kind of if you can lift up to the first branch the branches are spread out in such a manner that it's almost like a ladder so i literally climbed all the way up to the top of this pine tree as a kid and i got to the top and I was, I mean, I was probably twice the size, twice the height of my house. And it was interesting. I was probably 10 years old. I remember getting to the top of that tree and I'll get back to the prank in a minute. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I going to get down? And I sat there for probably an hour, scared out of my mind, realizing that no one was going to come get me down. And what was I going to do? So I had to, I had to climb down the tree and it was a great lesson. Like, and I always teach my kids this now, especially my boys, like, Hey, if you get yourself into a situation, you need to learn how to get yourself out. Anyway, we'll get back to parenting in a, in a little while, but all right. So, uh, what is this guy's name? I think it's called Ross, Ross creations or something like that. He's not Catholic by any means. It's, it's probably not appropriate for, for kids, but the show is, it's kind of, it, this one clip that, um, popped up was pretty funny. And this guy hoisted a car all the way up to the very top of a pine tree. And it, it, or it was some kind of a big tree that resembled a pine of some sort. And that somehow or another, this thing was big enough that the branches, and maybe there was two trees or something, but the branches were actually able to hold this tree. So they somehow managed, to, which is really dangerous if you think about it. Like if that, if that car fell, I'm a, all sorts of liability issues. So he gets this thing in the tree and he calls a tow company. And he's like, listen, my I can't get my car to run. It just doesn't seem like it's working. Can you help? Um, and so long story short, they uh, the tow truck driver gets to his house. And as soon as the man meets the tow truck driver, he's, he's like, you know, he's acting like kind of playing dumb. He's like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't figure out. Maybe it needs it. He called it an oil chain. Right, instead of an oil change, an oil chain. Maybe it needs an oil chain. Maybe it's the, the radiator, the flux capacitor. I mean, he, he, he clearly had no idea what he was talking about with respect to mechanics. And the tow truck driver is looking at him like, okay, well, just show me, you know, show me what the problem with the car is. And the guy's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how many times I, I try to crank it on. I, I just can't get it to move. It won't move. It's stuck. I can't get it to go anywhere. It's, it's stuck. And uh, the guy says, okay, well, where's the car? And so the, the actor, the Ross guy, whatever his name is, points up and there's the car way up high in the tree. And the look, you know, it's one of these like hitting camera shows, the look on the tow truck driver's face was just unbelievably hilarious. 
you know, like he's never seen anything like this in his life. And it was really pretty funny. And I started thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to hoist a tree up into a car uh, up in, or a hoist a tree. There's my dyslexia kicking in. I don't know if I'm ever going to hoist a car up into a tree for a prank, but what if we did like some funny skits with, uh, with religious. And I think about St. Jude parish here in Peoria, Illinois, uh, where I go, uh, regularly and where my family attends, we've got, a, we've got like three priests living at the rectory right now. And then we have a, um, a little house behind the rectory um, with a bunch of sisters in it. I think there's seven sisters from the Dominicans uh, from Ann Arbor. I'd love, if I could get them to play ball, it'd be funny to have like the sisters pull some pranks on the fathers and we could capture the audio and the video of that, put it up on YouTube. I think that'd be pretty funny. Uh, and I don't know exactly where to start. And if any of them are listening, here's a challenge to you. Uh, Father Hennehan, Father McShane, Father Bossy, um, sisters, what do you think? Somebody's got to be the first one to start the prank. This could actually be kind of funny. Now, the sisters at St. Jude and the fathers have actually done competitions with each other before, usually at fundraisers. And it's pretty funny. Um, there was one notable fundraiser for St. Jude's school where uh, I think it was like a, might have been like a Nerf bow and arrow competition. And the fathers had to, uh, and the sisters had to hit their mark with a Nerf bow and arrow. And if anybody doesn't know, it's like a Nerf gun, but it's a, it's a, it's like an arrow and it sort of like sticks to its target. If I remember correctly, maybe it was darts. I don't know. Anyway, it was funny. So the, you know, who, who could hit the target, whoever would hit most would win the most money for the school and, and be the winner. So, but the prank was you could buy, you could bid and take away something you could blindfold the fathers or blindfold the sisters or spin them around in circles six times and then make them shoot. It was kind of funny. So you could like add things to make the challenge more difficult. So anyways, I know that the fathers and the sisters are willing to compete for a good cause. So maybe if it was charitable, we could figure it out. I don't know. Again, I'm soliciting the reason why I'm talking now and sort of, this is a sort of unusual show. I don't have a guest plan for today. Um, but we've got a guest coming next week. I'll tell you about in a few minutes. But um, I want your ideas. Tell me, you know, show me that you've got, if, if anybody out there has some ideas, call me, email the station, reach out. I'd love to talk to you. I'm happy to speak with you. Let's brainstorm. Like I, I want to do, again, from the first segment, some immersive reenactments that are high quality, that are interesting and fun about saints' lives. And then, I want to do some funny parts as well that have a theological basis. We don't want to get away from the Catholic beauty, the richness of our church, but we can have some fun. And I was thinking some sort of competition, some sort of pranks with the sisters and the fathers um, would be, would be really, really would be pretty fun, I think. And, and maybe with lay people as well. So what do you think? I need, I need like a production committee. So if there's anybody out there, that would be interested in being a part of the Royce Hood Productions production committee, let me know. And we can try to keep it focused on radio. I have so much going on and my mind easily gets scattered. So whoever it is, the job criteria is, first of all, you have to be willing to volunteer because I can't afford to pay you. Second, you have to be okay with somebody that is um, 
sort of like a Mexican jumping bean. I bounce around a lot to different projects and I am actually really good at getting stuff done. And I can, I can handle more projects than most people can. I would probably be a better man and more efficient if I focused on one project at a time, but that is not how my mind works. If I am focusing on just one project at a time, I procrastinate too much. I, I don't get as much done. But when I'm focusing on several projects, and usually I've got, uh, I rate them like, you know, really important to somewhat important to not as important. When I'm focusing on several projects, I can't afford to procrastinate. As soon as I'm done working on one thing, I, I go to something else. And I, I try to make time for other things as well, like going to the gym and, and playing my guitar, which is very important to me and writing music. Um, and obviously the most important thing in my life is family. And so, um, you know, that's my main vocation, being a father, being a, uh, being a husband. And so I try to be home for dinner every night and cook dinner for my, my family when I'm here. Um, I enjoy cooking a lot. It's very therapeutic, helps me relax. And I think my wife, Elise appreciates it. She doesn't have to do it. Um, but she does, she does a great job when she does, it tastes way better than my food anyway. So, um, yeah, comedy pranks, reenactments from the saints lives. Those are the concepts that I am working with for, um, the show moving forward for now. We'll stick to sort of the basic script for truth culture life. When father Orsi joins us again, um, possibly next week, but more likely towards the end of this month in February. And I'll explain why in a few minutes. When Father Orsi is able to join the program, we'll get back into uh, some of the, the things that rile him up. He's kind of fun to get riled up. He's easy to get riled up, by the way. Uh, all you got to do is tease Father Orsi or bring up some uh, troubling headlines. And he, you know, it's that New Yorker in him. He can't help it. Um, he just gets fired up. And you really almost have to be careful because Father Orsi... He has a, um, he can get himself into trouble sometimes too. <laughs> it's kind of, no, he's great. I love, Father Wars, he's amazing. So, okay, projects coming up. If, but first of all, back to the, uh, if you've got ideas for the production, I'm, I'm asking for a production committee. I'm, and I'm going to reach out on social media as well via Facebook. I need some, not necessarily writers, but brainstormers. And then um, I've learned this concept recently visionary and integrator. I don't know if anybody's ever heard this. There's this, um, this entrepreneurial program that talks about visionaries and integrators and Lauren Mazika, a dear friend of mine who is the foundress of sidewalk advocates for life, which is just an amazingly, uh, successful pro-life ministry. She always tells me, Royce, you're a visionary. You need an integrator. Now, I, I don't know if I'm a visionary or not. It sounds like a lofty title. I think of a visionary as being somebody like, I don't know, like, uh, well, I guess technically I, I think when I, when I hear the word visionary, I think of like, uh, you know, the kids from Fatima or, or maybe even some of the folks out in Medjugorje or something like that. <laughs> right? I don't really see any visions. But what she means is, you know, that creative mindset. And that's, uh, and if anybody's aware of this, uh, this concept, visionary integrators, it's a business concept that, um, some groups that I'm working with now are really into anyway, 
Lauren Mazika always says, Royce, you're a visionary. You need an integrator. You need some folks that can help you integrate the vision. You know, in many ways, if I think about it, and if if they're listening, I, I guess in many ways, the analogy might be Catholic Spirit Radio. You've got John, who arguably is the visionary. And then you've got Anne, who's the integrator. She really pulls things together. I mean, she's great. She'll reach out to me and remind me, and she's not afraid to to say, hey, we need, you know, we need you to get that um, that commercial spot to us or whatever. You know, she she's awesome with that and really great at setting up um, interviews and keeping organized. So yeah, I need an integrator. And maybe I need more than one. I don't know. My what my wife would be a great integrator, but she's too busy integrating our family and keeping the kids um clothed and healthy and all that stuff. Speaking of which, for any of my listeners that are parents, it's it's kind of amusing. You know, if it were up to me, I don't know that any of my kids would have ever been to a doctor or a dentist. And not on purpose, not not because I'm afraid of going to a doctor or a dentist. I just I, for the life of me, I just never think about it. But then my my wife, it's like it's so funny. We have six kids, and I'd say at least once a month, it's like, okay, so and so's going to the dentist, so and so has a dermatologist. We got this, we got. She, I feel like is this a man versus a woman thing? It might be. Listeners, if if I had any of you on the on the um, air right now, I'd ask you that question. Who is better? And this could be a good trivia question. I don't know if there's a, a way to back it up with our our sound effects and our clapping and stuff. But who is better at scheduling doctor appointments, men or women? I, I think it's I think it's women. I, I don't ever schedule a doctor appointment. But anyway, I digress. My point is, Elise is our integrator at home. So I need an integrator, somebody that can help me uh, put the pieces together and organize the production for this program. So if there's anybody out there listening, this is a solicitation. Reach out to Catholic Spirit Radio and say, hey, I'm interested in helping to brainstorm uh, the scripts or the the production for the saints or the comedy or whatever, or just helping integrate the show and helping put the pieces together. Um, that'd be super cool and super fun. I'm going to put something out on Facebook too and see if we get any response. All right. So big projects in the works. Well, as many of you know, um, just a little bit about me. So I, you know, this is Royce Hood. You're listening to Catholic Spirit Radio, Truth Culture Life, if you're just tuning in. And the first episode after the new year Father Orsi is not able to join us this weekend. He'll be back soon. Um, next weekend, we're going to start our interviews again. And I have got a um, an author from Sophia Press that I believe will be joining us. I'm producing that show on Friday. Now, there's a chance they may want us to wait until um, later in February to air that program because of the author who I'll, um, I can't quite say who it is yet, but it's going to be pretty cool. And Sophia Institute, which is now owned by EWTN, they are sending me regular um, authors to be interviewed, I'd say almost weekly starting in February. We've got a, they've got a lot of books being published right now, which is really, really exciting. So stay tuned. We will have a segment where we try to give some exposure some of the great books that are in the works. So we've got the radio show. I'm an attorney by trade. I um, I have a platform called missioncouncil.com. And, and if you go to that, you can kind of see, I you know, sort of a general practice, but I focus a lot on nonprofit organizations, what I call mission-focused, almost like kingdom-focused organizations, groups that have good charitable intentions that are conservative generally, that are 
um, theologically focused. I don't, I don't want to work on things I don't love. And I don't want to work on things that I'm not interested in. Um, and so that's the platform. And recently I started working, um, I, I picked up a, a wonderful new client called the Guiding Star Project out of Minnesota. And this group is, is really incredible. They're, um, uh, they're, they're, they're one of the, the people behind this Guiding Star Project are always talking about visionary integrator and things like that. There's where I picked up the concept, but they are um, doing some really neat programs with pro-life affiliates around the country. And I can't say where yet, but the, one of the concepts that they're getting involved with is um, uh, this sort of like this birthing center concept for women, which I think is fascinating. I really have never, I never knew anything about birthing centers, but nationally, you know, and historically, you know, using midwives is something that is, is pretty common and um, is sort of a more holistic approach to childbirth. Home births is something that really doesn't happen as much as it used to. In fact, when I lived in Chicago, a gentleman that I worked with named Peter White, his father was a doctor and was, I believe, the only remaining OBGYN in the Chicago Cook County area that still would do home births. Most doctors won't do it for liability reasons. They're, they're you know, what if something goes wrong? And, and I don't blame them, I guess. I, I, I understand that. But he was willing to do the home visits and was an advocate of that. And so, you know, obviously a lot of women choose to do that, do uh, home births, will have a midwife if they're not able to have a physician. And so the, the birthing center concept is really fascinating because it's sort of like this segue uh, in between having the baby at home or, you know, giving birth at a hospital. It's a professional building. It is not a hospital. They don't have, you know, a surgery center, I would, you know, or anything like that. But it's a more holistic approach. And I, you know, out of the, off the top of my head, I've seen, I'm, I'm a board member with Women's Care Center in Peoria, and I've been involved with numerous pregnancy centers throughout the years. You know, and those just look like regular exam rooms. You go in, there's a, there's a table, there's the ultrasound machine. Um, there's really nothing special about a regular, you know, the way these rooms look, they, they look like a typical, almost like a medical office. Birthing centers, I, I was blown away when I've, I've started to research these a bit more. And the suites that uh, women stay in are literally suites. They look like uh, five-star hotel rooms uh, with all the comforts that you might enjoy at home from you know beautiful beds to TVs to chandeliers to sitting areas to a coffee station to whatever you can imagine. Um, and, uh, and wow, it's just, it's just such an interesting concept. So it's something I'm really, really interesting, interested in, and I'm not aware of any birthing centers in central Illinois. So that's something that, um, I'll have to look into maybe there a quick Google search would show us if there are or not. Anyway, so this group is just fascinating. So that's one of the new clients I'm working with through mission council. I've got, uh, I work with the March for life, which is a lot, a lot of fun. A lot of my listeners may not know this, but I was a board member with the March for life from uh, 2012 to 2019. And I am the outside general counsel with the March for Life now. What that means is I just help advise the March on everything from their trademarks to their numerous contracts to um, questions that pop up all the time. And 
it's it's amazing how much work an organization like the March for Life has and how how much work it takes to pull something like the March for Life in Washington, D.C. together and and to put it together. And for many people that don't understand this, this is sort of a nuance, but um, the March for Life is actually a, a trademark of the March for Life Education and Defense Fund. It started just after Roe v. Wade. Nellie Gray and a group of uh, concerned citizens gathered around a kitchen table. I believe the first meeting was actually in New York, and it was decided that an event would be held. At first, they thought about New York, but then it was decided it would be in Washington, D.C. And Nellie Gray ran that thing until her last breath um, when she passed away tragically back in uh, 2012. Um, But she, um, wow. This, what this woman was able to do, I, I actually believe Nellie Gray is a saint, by the way, um, and I'll tell more about that some other time. But point is, uh, March for Life, it has turned into really a global phenomenon. And I, I mean that because people from all over the world now come to the United States to attend the March for Life. And if you haven't been to one, I'd really suggest go. Go to March for Life. Um, is it .org? I think we have the .com too. And check it out learn all about the National March, but also state marches. And that's a program that's really, really fun. And in a, probably in a few weeks, one of the hosts, uh, one of the guests I'm going to have on will be um, probably either Felicia or I'll have uh, Dawn or, or Jeannie. There's a number of women at the march that just work day in and day out organizing. But the the march is going into all the different states now. And you know, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, and the decision of life being pushed back on the states, being in the states has never been more important. And so we see uh, the March for Life expanding and working with groups on the ground to have host March for Lifes all around the country. But it's also fascinating to see like representatives from Ireland and representatives from the UK and representatives from India and Bangladesh and South Africa. You go to the March for Life in D.C., it's not just the U.S. anymore. You have people from all over the world that come because they want to see what we're doing. And then they take the idea back to their countries and they organize their own movements. Now, we're blessed in this country with the freedom to assemble and the freedom to protest and, you know, the free speech. And so some of these folks aren't. But they still they still protest and they still march for life, which is just amazing. So if you've never been to one, I I would just encourage you to go. And the day before, the day before the march for life, I I, I host an event called the Law of Life Summit. And at some point soon, I really want to hand the reins of the Law of Life Summit Washington D.C. off to someone else. I've I've talked to Lauren Mazika, Sidewalk Advocates, about this. I've spoken to other people. The Law of Life Summit started when I was in law school. Um, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to pick this up just on the other side of the break. You're listening to uh, Royce Hood at Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm just rambling today. But I'm going to, on the other side of the break, I'm going to give you some details and disclose some of the speakers that'll be at my Law of Life Summit, which, by the way, is going to be live streamed this year. Maybe Catholic Spirit Radio can pick up the feed and live stream it on their social media. And I'll have it on our Facebook page at, um, at, at Royce Hood, but also at Catholic at um, Truth Culture Life Pod via uh, Facebook. So that's going to be really exciting. So you'll be able to see me live being live streamed. So hang tight. We're going to jump to a break. When we come back, I'm going to wrap up with um, 
just sort of an update on the Law of Life Summit, the Naples Summit, and Incorruptible. And then I'm going to talk about my saint of the year on the other side of the break. So stay with me. We'll be right back. This is Paul Garcia, and I host Catholic Conversations on Saturdays and Sundays at 3 p.m. My guests are mainly from the local community, and we always have something awesome to discuss. Be sure to listen to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear Open Line. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas. Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. All right, welcome back to Truth Culture Life. I am producing this in a slightly different manner than I have before. So John will have to work with the file a little bit probably. But so what I've done in the past is I create Truth Culture Life via StreamYard.com, which is a really cool pr- platform, sort of like Zoom, but it doesn't have some of the controversy that Zoom has had with, you know, our people, governments watching it or whatever. Um it's a video platform, great for broadcasting. And so I, I create a video of myself and whatever guests are on. We can see each other. Um, and then I there's no music, though. StreamYard does have the ability to upload music tracks, which is what I've been doing today. But typically, I produce this without any music. I just do the the, the uh, talking and the interviews. And then I, I download the audio and the video file, and I import it into iMovie on my Mac. And then I edit, add in the music, and then I export the audio file for radio and the video f- audio file for TV. It's it's a lot of work, 
So what I'm trying to do today on this particular program, because I started producing this at, I think, 6 a.m. this morning, was I'm just doing everything right on StreamYard. So I've uploaded some music and I hit play when I want a jingle to come in. And that's what you hear. So it doesn't have the nice little fade like you would normally have uh, that you probably are used to. When we start when we start up again with Father Orsi and if we're able to get into the reenactments and the skits that I want to do, we will um, 100% be doing what's called post-production where we uh, put the, the program into a editable software program and then, you know, we can we can edit it from there. So, okay. You're listening to Truth Culture Live, Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm getting into all sorts of tangents this morning. I want to update everybody on the Law of Life Summit. So first of all, uh, Law of Life Summit, for those that don't know, was something that I created back in uh, during my years in at Ave Maria School of Law, which was some of the best years of my life, by the way. I had so much fun going to that law school. And I met my wife, met Father Orsi. Father Orsi and I uh, quickly became friends. The Law of Life Summit started because I was so impressed by the March for Life. All these amazing leaders at the time, the leaders that I was really impressed with were Father Frank Pavone, Lila Rose, of course, Abby Johnson. I knew Abby before she was super famous. Um, Ryan Bomberger is just a force to be reckoned with, with the Radiance Foundation. Um, Rebecca Kiesling, a survivor of abortion, um, Save the One. You've got... Um, Gosh, so many more. Nellie Gray, the foundress of the March for Life herself. She actually came to my first Law of Life Summit. I, I somehow got her phone number. I snuck in. This is a true story. I've told this before on Catholic Spirit Radio. I actually snuck in backstage, um, and she was so amused. And I was helping at the rally at the March for Life. But I got there really early, and I, I wanted to be back there because I wanted to meet. I had this thing called Maria News at the time. I wanted to meet pro-life leaders for, for this program that I was creating. Nellie was so amused that I got past her marshals and I was there for good reasons that, you know, wasn't being nefarious or anything, but she invited me to join the board of directors. So we got to be friends. She came and spoke at my very first law of life summit. Um, and nine months later after, uh, let's see, seven months later, I officially joined the board of directors at the March for Life, which was such an honor. I, I joined at the same time Jeannie Mancini did. Um, Pat Kelly was the, I think, vice chair at the time. He's, of course, now Supreme Knight, which is just incredible. Um, and then just a few months after that, Nellie passed away and I was her pallbearer, which was amazing experience as well. Anyway, Law of Life Summit, I think if it wasn't for Nellie Gray, it really would not have taken off the same way that it did. Would I 
the Lord. 